This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Honey and by HelloFresh. The 2020 Tokyo Olympics are right around the corner, and uh, yeah, hold on, wait a second. Yeah, you're right, it's 2021. <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. Uh, this year's games, which kick off this coming Friday, were supposed to take place a year ago, but a little thing happened. Uh, COVID-19, the global pandemic, had other plans for the Olympics and for everything else. Yeah. Uh, if you watched our old channel way back in the day, you of course know that any modern Olympics is inherently cursed as we saw with all the various things that went wrong in Sochi and in Rio de Janeiro. They swam through poo-poo water. They did. But uh, spending seven years preparing for a major international sporting event that cost you tens of billions of dollars and then having to postpone the entire fucking thing a full year and hold the games without spectators, thus completely nullifying any tourism benefits, that takes the Olympics curse to a whole new level. Yeah. The Tokyo Olympics, which, uh, by the way, are still branded as the 2020 Olympics for some reason, and the only reason I can think is that the, the all that merch the merch and it slapped too because it had the rings and the 2020 no that wasn't official oh really that was a fan design <laughs> hire that fan yeah brilliant uh, yeah they were postponed a full year in the hopes that a year would be enough of course to get this COVID-19 thing under control because you know the 19 in COVID-19 is 2019 yeah two years ago come on so what are we doing we'll have it all in lockdown in the bag by a year from now but uh Obviously, that hasn't happened. Thus, there will be no spectators in attendance. Uh, a big international sporting event featuring hundreds of thousands of fans from all around the world crammed into stands and shouting into each other's mouths for 16 days straight before then returning home. That would have been a textbook super spreader event. But without spectators, the Olympics still inherently involves thousands of athletes and staff from more than 200 countries all converging into one place, many of whom still don't have access to vaccines. So there's still plenty of risk of it being a super spreader event. Yeah, luckily though, as we've previously touched on, the organizers of the Tokyo Olympics are taking this all very seriously. They know that the risk of COVID transmission includes not just the events themselves, but also Olympic Village, which notoriously is the biggest fuck fest on earth. Mm -hmm. These are young, world-class athletes in the physical prime of their lives, and it would make a lot less sense if they weren't doing as much sucking and fucking as possible between going for the gold. They have to create more world-class athletes. That's right. Uh, since the 1988 Olympics, when HIV cases were skyrocketing, the Olympics has provided all their athletes in Olympic Village with condoms because simply telling these people not to fuck would be completely futile. They're just like, oh, we'll wait till the uh, 1992 Olympics when HIV is eradicated. <laughs> just like this year. Oof. Uh, and yet, this year they are kindly still asking the athletes to please, please, please don't have any sex. And don't spit into each other's mouths. Come on. I know it's kinky, but it's the easiest way to spread the cookie. I know you guys can go all night and into the morning, but just don't. Yeah. Uh, they are still giving out those condoms, though. All 160,000 <laughs> of them. Condoms it was. Uh, <laughs> the official reasoning behind this is that the condoms, they're not meant to be used at the Olympics, that would be They're silly. They're a souvenir. Yeah, athletes are meant to take the condoms home to spread the message of safe sex in their home countries. I mean, it would be pretty cool as an Olympian to at least save one of them, to carry it around as a In a your souvenir. wallet, making it useless. Yeah. As, as it rubs against it yeah, itself. Yeah, just nullifying it. But, like, just to have it. I, I do love the idea that there, this is so many condoms that whatever, you know, ticker tape parade that the athletes get uh, upon re returning home with the gold, they're just tossing out condoms the entire time. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is good. And that's a, that's actually a really good that's thing. Great, that would yeah. be a great thing if they did that. It would be. Uh, they they are of course they're supposed to take those home. Not fuck in the village. That's no. that should be obvious. But it's also obvious that. Uh, Really, the IOC understands that despite any potential penalties and fines for breaking social distancing guidelines, sex will happen. These people are in the prime of their lives. They are. They've been training for four years, not just to win, but to fuck. But also to have sex with a smorgasbord of top class athletes from all around the world. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A buffet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously some mixed messaging happening here, but. To demonstrate their continued commitment to making these games as chase as possible, Tokyo is providing athletes in Olympic Village with beds that break if you try to have sex on them. Aha! That's right. Anti-sex beds. They're made of cardboard. They can support up to 200 kilograms or 440 pounds, but uh, apparently any prolonged bouncing or thrusting or grinding or shaking... That's going to cause these cardboard beds to collapse. This is an excuse for cheaping out on beds. So yeah, I guess these uh, these world-class athletes who are capable of gravity-defying feats of strength and agility, they're just completely out of luck when it comes to having any hanky-panky back in their dorm rooms. It's, it's just too bad that there aren't any other ways of engaging in sexual intercourse which don't involve a bed. That too. These, these Olympians, they're just shit out of luck. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Cardboard bed. Can't do it. See you in four years. The Japanese are just like, of course you can't have sex anywhere but on the bed. Yeah. Clearly. Take away the bed. Take away the ability to, to bump sex. and grind on that bed. We solved the glitch, sir. Also, our walls are made of cardboard. They fall <laughs> over if you fuck on them. Yeah. And uh, the showers are also made of cardboard. They fall over if you fuck in them. Everything's cardboard. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the, the whole Olympics village just blows over. Yeah, we were inspired by uh, Nintendo, who made the, uh, you know, they had their little cardboard thing. Yeah. The kids love it. So why Nintendo not? Labo. Yeah, the Labo. 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 Labia. Yes. <laughs> we have a cardboard labia here cardboard in Japan. Cardboard labia. And they break if you fuck them. They do. Uh, so, yeah, actually, despite all the talk online lately about the anti-sex beds at the Tokyo Olympics, it's kind of unclear where the uh, idea even came from. The beds are definitely made out of cardboard for recycling purposes, but this has been known since way back when the Olympics were still supposed to take place in 2020. The AP reported on the beds in January 2020 with no mentions of any anti-sex considerations. Like I said... This, to me, just sounds like they're cheapening out. Well, it's more like it's so that they don't have 50,000 extra beds sitting around once this is over. They can just go ahead and recycle it and reuse it. Send it home with the athletes. They throw out beds, condoms, everything. <laughs> they just take whatever isn't bolted down from the Olympics and take it home to their home country. That's how it should be. Yeah. The idea, though, of beds being designed to prevent sex may have originated from U.S. track and field runner Paul Shalimo, uh, who tweeted last week, Beds to be installed in Tokyo Olympic Village will be made of cardboard. This is aimed at avoiding intimacy among athletes. Beds will be able to withstand the weight of a single person to avoid situations beyond sports. I see no problem for distance runners. Even four of us can do. I don't know what exactly he's trying to say there. Is he saying distance runners like having orgies? Or is he, is he saying distance runners generally are very thin and therefore you can fit a lot of them on a anti-sex cardboard bed? They just lay there like a dead fish. Yeah. Uh-huh. They could because I gotta you conserve can't use, my energy. Yeah, you have to conserve your energy. Also, I'm all legs. And I'm full of pasta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am cargo loaded. You do not want to be in a bed with me, especially under the sheets with me. <laughs> cargo loaded, cardboard bedded, Dutch oven situation, uh, you know, on the nights nice before yeah. my events. That's why they don't have to worry about breaking the bed because yeah. they stink. Yeah. Mm hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, while the beds probably aren't great for banging and may even break, the idea that they're specifically designed to prevent sex would appear to be fake news. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, based on this video of uh, Northern Ireland gymnast Reese McClenahan jumping on his Olympics bed, uh, they seem to be quite sturdy, which is impressive for cardboard. Yeah. Uh, still, though, we have to assume that a lot of the uh, the more horny Olympians will see this as yet another challenge. These are competitive, naturally competitive people. Mm-hmm. If you can't get the gold at the Tokyo Games, at least you can maybe return to your home country with the pride, the national pride of knowing that you broke the anti-sex bed with your fucking. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Uh, the games haven't even started yet, and athletes and staff are already testing positive for COVID as they arrive in Tokyo. Uh, if that continues to happen, we got to imagine the security is probably going to get even tighter. Olympic Village will probably be locked down like a fucking prison. Maybe, maybe not. But, uh, I mean, these are world-class athletes. They are used to a good challenge. So let the games begin. Uh, originally, I thought that, like, they were going to come by and check. And, and if the bed was broke, then you get kicked out. Like, you can't compete anymore. You broke the... Obviously, you were fucking on this bed. They need to put, like, uh, those little glass things in the the fire sprinklers. Yeah, that, like they break and put just one of those place. in the bed, and like yeah, it'll detect, or like just any sort of earthquake detector. Mm-hmm. Put them in the beds. Yeah, because it's like if there wasn't an earthquake on the Richter scale last night, and yet we're getting like a seven point five over here. Mm-hmm. Just it just looks, a guy, the guy that holds up a card. Yeah, <laughs> seven point five. We're getting a seven point five earthquake localized right here in the uh, Ukrainian uh, like kayaking dorm room. Probably not an earthquake. Yeah. I got to imagine, like, it's got to, this, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but it's got to suck to be an athlete. Yeah, it's the worst it's Olympics. Like, yeah, you're going there and you're like, great, I'm going to be in a room on a cardboard bed with probably a plastic sheet circling the bed and just no fun at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, you you uh, know, Ryan Lochte, if he had made it, there's going to be no them. Ryan Lochte's going out getting drunk on a, on a yeah. night on the town. I mean, he probably he probably botched his trials. He's like, look, I'm getting old. Let's go out at the top of my game, Rio, mm-hmm. where I, you know, that was the most Ryan Lochte anyone will ever get. Yes. He went out. He uh, faked uh, a crime, caused an international incident, fled the country, left his friends behind to uh, you know, pay for his misdeeds. Yeah. That was peak Ryan Lochte. You're never going to top it. If, if he had made... 2021, his final Olympics, it's just like, it would have been bullshit. He'd go out with a, a whimper instead of a bang. So mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. And other Olympics <laughs> news, though, uh, it, it's news that feels more like a throwback to Rio 2016. It sounds like athletes competing in the triathlon event will be fighting not just their body's urge to quit, but also their gag reflex. Uh, here's Bloomberg. In less than two weeks, Olympic swimmers will dive into Tokyo Bay to compete in the triathlon. For residents who live near the shore, that's an unappealing thought because despite months of efforts to clean up the water, the bay stinks. It stinks. In August 2019, a test for the swimming part of the paratriathlon was canceled after E. coli bacteria was found in the water at more than twice the limit set by the International Triathlon Union, now called World Triathlon. As one athlete put it, the venue... Quote, smelled like a toilet, the Asahi newspaper reported. Since then, the host city has taken drastic steps to try and repair its tarnished image. Yet in recent weeks, a pungent smell has been wafting in from the water. That sucks. Yeah. But I feel like triathletes are probably used to this. They're always competing in urban areas which have the most disgusting water. And 
Rio. They had to do it in Rio. So this is part of the training now. Yeah. You got to go like you got to get you their immune systems. You know, it's like it's one of those natural things about top tier athletics where a lot of it just comes down to genetics. If you're not genetically predisposed to be able to fight off like a thousand different types of bacteria while exerting your body past its like red line, yeah, then it's just this is not you're not going to make it to the Olympics. They need to train uh, in Florida with the red tide, swimming through that red Oof. tide. Oof. Yeah. You got to dive right in. It's like yeah. when you go into a filthy pond when you're yeah, a kid. Yeah, well, it's like, I mean, runners, they go up to the mountains to train because mm -hmm. the air is thinner. We should just throw these triathletes into a literal, like, uh, waste management like center just filled with literal feces. Yes. They can't They can't handle that. They're not going to be able oh, to Oh, they'll be begging for Tokyo Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I should run the Olympics. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, if swimming long distance in shit-flavored water sounds uncomfortable, it's still less uncomfortable than what happened at the uh, IOC president's first press conference after arriving in Tokyo. Uh, here's the Washington Post. International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach added to his already shaky public image in Japan on Tuesday by inadvertently referring to the Japanese people as Chinese oh, at his no. first public appearance since arriving in <laughs> Tokyo last week. Oh my uh, God. Quote, you have managed to make Tokyo the best ever prepared city for the Olympic Games. This is even more remarkable under the difficult circumstances we all have to face, Bach said at the headquarters of the Tokyo Olympics Organizing Committee before making a slip of the tongue. Quote, our common target is safe and secure games for everybody, for the athletes, for all the delegations, and most importantly, also for the Chinese people. Japanese people, Bach said. <laughs> Oh, if only he had dug it, dug down deeper and made it worse. Just like giving a reason why he screwed up. I goof. That that calls for a very uh. deep bow. <laughs> <laughs> I I promise to be better. Uh, it continues. Although Bach caught his mistake quickly, and interpreters didn't translate the gaffe into Japanese. It was quickly picked up by Japanese news outlets and sparked a backlash on social media. And the Japanese people, as, as we've said before, like 85-something percent. They don't want these They limits. do not want this happening. Yeah. So every slip-up is going to be a big incident. Uh, many Japanese blame Bach for, in their eyes, forcing Japan to press ahead with the Olympics in the midst of a pandemic and despite the risks. Although the Japanese government has always stood behind the decision to push on with the games, some cost policy, uh, it is not the first time Bach's comments have struck a dissonant chord in Japan. He also inflamed public opinion in March by saying the Olympics will require a, quote, great sacrifice. And then in May for praising the great resilience and spirit of the Japanese people and their ability, quote, to overcome adversity. Uh, both of these remarks were seen by some as insensitive because most Japanese people did not want the games to take place this year and were not willingly making a sacrifice. Yeah, you're welcome. I had no choice. Yeah. Uh, I was forced to, to do just this. bulldozed like huge parts of this already. I just want to thank you. Supremely uh, expensive city. You Chinese Thanks. are all great <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> did you see? It was uh, it was one of those uh, Fox News blonde women. I, I don't know which one it was, but she literally like on air. She's just like. She's just like, I just, I find it hard to support these Olympics after what they're doing to the Uyghurs over there. Uh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Huh. Uh, okay. Okay, but, uh, lady. Uh, your heart's in the right place, I guess. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a pretty serious goof. Uh, we hopefully don't need to explain to you that China and Japan are, first off, not the same country, but also have a long and mm, complicated, to say the least, history of being extremely hostile towards each other. 
So uh, anyone getting those two countries mixed up, would it would not go over well. But uh, especially not when it's the person in charge of the Olympics that apparently everyone in Japan wanted to be canceled. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking of uh, Olympic goofs, let's leave Tokyo for a second. Here's, here's something a little more lighthearted from uh, down under in Australia. The Australian government seems to have unknowingly commissioned some Olympics-themed furry art. There's a really fine line between furry art and just, uh, you know, a cute little animal that's representing your I brand. I think this crossed the line. Yeah, so the Australian government partnered with the, uh, the Woolworths grocery store chain on a series of collectible stickers for kids featuring Australia's Olympic athletes and also some hand-drawn anthropomorphic animals native to Australia, which people quickly pointed out looked a hell of a lot like furry art. One Twitter user wrote, So the Olympics are soon. How is your country trying to drum up national pride? Well, here in Australia, supermarket chain Woolworths, Woolies, is having a collectible sticker series for kids to collect of our athletes with outrageously furry mascots. <laughs> to which Twitter user at Sailor Failures replied, G'day, that's my art and my redesigns. Had no idea they'd finally gone into use, LMAO. Happy to field any questions. Rest assured, the people employing me had no idea what furries were. But I did. Wait, so this <laughs> is on purpose? <laughs> Also, I love the, the handle, Sailor, Sailor Failures. Yeah. Uh, uh, the artist, who goes by uh, Landeg, also later tweeted, Hey, fellow Aussies, the fursonas I was commissioned to draw <laughs> by the government are now on sale in booklet form for $3 at Woolies. I am no longer jazzed for the Olympics. They're attached to due to the global plague we're all living through. But what can you do? Send tweet. Please, someone send us these stickers. Uh, yeah. Yes. And some uh, Tim Tams. That'd be nice. Yeah, you can't get them here. So how did this happen? Okay, well, here's Aussie pop culture site Junkie. While Landeg isn't exactly a furry artist, they told Junkie the collection was designed together with the Royal Australian Mint, RAM, which was looking for artists who could draw in anime style for their Tokyo Olympics coins. After hearing that the RAM was interested in replicating art similar to what Tokyo has used to promote the Olympics, iconic anime characters like Sailor Moon, Astro Boy, Naruto, and Goku, Landeg submitted their portfolio and, to their surprise, was selected for the project despite not having any furry drawing experience. Once Landeg took on the project, they quickly realized what the RAM were looking to create, even if the RAM didn't quite understand what they were doing by choosing these anthropomorphic <laughs> character designs. Uh, quote, I had no anthropomorphic art in my portfolio, so it was a bit of a surprise when it came out what they were asking for. I had been assuming they were looking for someone to draw humans since that's all I drew. On some level, Ram were aware that anthro characters were a thing, since there were some anthro pieces in the references they sent me. But Do I, these without a penis, though. But I, don't, <laughs> but I don't think they had any idea that there was this sort of community slash subculture surrounding it. To be clear, they knew exactly what they wanted. We worked together to make sure they got what they envisioned. I tailored what I made to their examples and feedback. They just didn't know there was a word for it, basically, or that it was so popular. I knew immediately what kind of market there was for a campaign like this, though, because I've been on the internet for longer than 15 minutes. All right, so look, you see this art right here? Um, we want something kind of like that, except could you just remove the gigantic three-foot-long penis yeah. that's coming into the fox's mouth? Yeah, do this without the uh, sexual organs and yeah. the, uh, you know, suggestive poses. <laughs> but the, other, the otherwise looks great. It's yeah. Look, it's an animal, but it's shaped like a human. It's got big eyes. I just imagine like these old people being like, wow, this is really good. Wow. Uh, can we do it without the butthole? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I think that the artist did a great job of cat capturing uh, the anatomy here, but uh, if we could get rid of the, the, the butthole and the balls with the piercing, I think we'd be great. That's funny, but also it's like most furry art, I think, doesn't have... Uh, is, is mostly PG-rated, right? Yeah, I don't know. probably. I think I would assume so. Yeah, sure. There's plenty of furry art that is uh, not for children. Uh-huh. I don't know. We see this. We saw this with that thing years ago, where that furry convention in Canada. They're all very nice. It was also at like the refugee like check-in point mm -hmm. for like a bunch of Syrians that were like just getting off the plane, and uh, yeah, these little Syrian kids. They it's love like being at Disney. They love the furries. They're like, wow, Canada's awesome. Yeah, and it wasn't it like uh, like the, the uh, again in Canada. I guess just Canadian furries maybe, but I think it was that the woman thought it was like for dogs. Yeah, she had and a she had a great time. Yeah, she went to the the, the furry convention because she's like, oh, I have a furry little dog, and yeah, she had a great time. <laughs> yes, it's like not what I signed just, up for. But it's like jugglers, like you yeah. you know, jugglers are wonderful people. I'm sure uh, like 99% of furries are probably great. Yeah, but the art online, at least. The stuff, because I'm not out searching for furry art, so whenever I see it on Reddit or something, it's like a giant yeah, the, fox the, holding a dick. The most extreme examples. Yeah. For sure. But anyways, the artist that the Australian government unknowingly commissioned to make textbook furry art wasn't actually a furry artist before this project. Uh, they say that they were understandably pretty nervous about how this would go over with actual furries, but luckily it sounds like it's gone over quite well. Uh, though they are still a bit concerned about how it will be received by the normies. Quote, my main concern is that parents and others might see the jokes slash response and think there's something deviant about this campaign when there absolutely isn't. The mascots are just fun cartoon characters, and if your kids like them, that's great. It just so happens that there's a big group of other people who also like these kinds of characters a whole lot. A bit like My Little Pony. I just hope the kids think the stickers are fun and inspiring and that the furries think I did okay. I think it sounds like you did great. It's like... Uh, uh, you know, Artist Alley at Comic-Con. Well, I'm not a furry artist, but I'll... 500 bucks is 500 bucks. be made in furry art. Yeah. Yeah, yeah people were uh, actually... Originally, they're like... You, when Landeg said they'd never worked on furry art, people were like, you're full of shit. You're lying. This is too you good. You must have worked on furry art before. This, this is, is too good. This is some of the best furry art I've ever seen. You have a gift. <laughs> what are you doing wasting your I time? I would give my left ball to draw furry art as good as you do. And you... Squandered your yeah. talents up till now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, before we get into the headlines part of this show, this episode is sponsored by Honey. And we all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop. Mm -hmm. You get any good uh, Honey deals lately? <laughs> I haven't been shopping for any more Dodger dogs, if that's what you mean. But yeah, uh, but yeah no, I it's a common thing where like if I do any online shopping, I pretty much click the button and see if it finds anything. And I'd say a decent percentage of the time, it's usually 10% off yeah. or free shipping or anything like that. So I'd say all told over the last couple of years of using it, I've saved at least... A hundred bucks, maybe yeah. more. 
Yeah. So, Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. Uh, it's literally free. It installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Uh, we would, you know, this is something that we use all the time. So we highly recommend it. Again, I, I got to say, we, they don't put this in the copy, but the Honey Gold is incredible. Yeah, you get You're just, points. You rack up points even when you don't get uh, uh, savings. And you turn those points into gift cards. Yeah. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash weird. That is joinhoney.com slash weird. And this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Hey! With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. What we love about HelloFresh is the variety. HelloFresh offers at least 27 recipes to choose from each week, featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients. You're never going to get bored. You can try something new every week. And that variety extends to different types of meals, depending on your dietary preferences and how much time you've got to cook. There's 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, 10 minute lunches for your busy schedule. And every week there's low calorie, vegetarian and family friendly recipes. And we're both big fans of all the uh, different twists on stuff like burgers and tacos that HelloFresh offers. You'll never run out of fun and delicious new takes on these kinds of seemingly simple meals. Start having fun in the kitchen like we are by going to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird14 and using the code WeeklyWeird14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that is up to 14 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird14 and using code WeeklyWeird14. All right, now into the weirdest, wildest, craziest headlines from around the world this week, starting with, he found 158 bowling balls under his house. Now he has to figure out what to do with them. Yeah, this guy in Michigan, he uh, was renovating his house. I think he was trying to build a new porch or maybe a deck. So he was, you know, demolishing his old porch and uh, discovered that whoever had done the original work had uh, just filled the whole damn thing with bowling balls. 158 of them. To, it's to save money on dirt, I guess. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, I, I want to hear the back, like the, the, the story from years prior of how so these the, the town had a bowling ball factory in it back in the day. I don't know why that sounds funny, but uh, Boy, it's, it's a, a re relative When they shut path. down the bowling ball factory, this town was never the same. Oh, <laughs> took Main Street with it. <laughs> but uh, so the, the bowling ball factory back in the day before like CNC and computers and stuff, they the balls that had defects, they would just let people take them. They're like, we can't sell this. So that's oval shaped ball. They, they think that these balls are all like old defective bowling balls. And someone was like, I know what I'll do. I'll save money on like concrete and dirt yeah. by just filling the foundation of my house with bowling balls. I got to say, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be pretty terrified clearing these out. Like one of these, I'm going to pull this back and there's going to be a body. Yeah. Uh, you, they should check if there's any, uh, you know, missing dead bowlers from that part of Michigan from like the 1950s yeah. and 60s mm -hmm. could be big. But yeah, it doesn't sound like he found any bones, just a lot of balls. Well, doesn't know what to do with them though. 158 bowling balls. Like, give them to a school or something. They, they, the kids can roll them in the field. Yeah, they, they're all fucked up though. Can't use them. Well, that's the thing is, you know, with the, the, the shortage of everything, you get those two balls and then you got basically a weight system. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Start working out. Oh, yeah, donate them. People, people yeah. use them. He somehow. said he might like decorate his garden. They'd be good for lawn bowling. Yeah, maybe. Because you don't really need the balls to be perfect if you're bowling on a yard anyway. Yeah. So there you go. There you yeah, go. He just turns it up and puts little flowers in the holes. Yeah. It's nice. These are great balls. Yeah. This, these balls used to be the pride of this town. 
until they sent the factory this, over to China. This whole town's built on bowling balls. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Literally. He, he's, all, he's the first one to find them, but I mean, once they it's start tearing down every house in this town, it's just filled to the brim with bowling balls. Yeah, we used to fuck up bowling balls all the guys. It, it was a miracle we got any usable balls out of that factory. No wonder we went out of business. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, about nine out of ten bowling balls had some uh, some shit wrong with them. We'd go to the dumpster; it was filled with bowling balls. There's no room. It was like, what am I gonna do with all these busted ass bowling balls? Like, can you take these home? Give me twenty dollars. It was a perk. Go bury these somewhere. Yeah, our union fought for those extra bowling balls. <laughs> <sighs> a man is now stuck with ten thousand hashtag free Britney T-shirts after <laughs> typo affects wholesale order. Because uh, yeah, it's spelled wrong. B R I T N E Y is the the real spelling, not Britney, like the. Uh, Atlantic coast of France. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Serves you right, though, for trying to make a quick buck off of uh, this. Yeah. They, this person, they, they represented it. They're like, oh, well, I was going to give some of the proceeds to the Free Britney movement. I'm like, what are you talking about? What movement? What mo- Yeah, like... like I, they, I mean, they, they don't need funding. Yeah, there they, is a movement. They don't need funding. Yeah, it's like, how would, yeah, how would money... Are you going to give it to Britney Spears? Yeah, she's already... I mean, well, I mean, lawyers are. But yeah, if you eager gave, to take the if case. you gave the money to her, it's like she she is under conservatorship. She can't do it. Go straight to her dad. Yeah, you'd yeah. just be giving money to her dad. So um, yeah, I guess serves you right. Uh, but yeah, he says he's still going to try to sell them, but at a discount for people who are willing to <laughs> look, morons to look yeah. past this glaring mistake. Well, check your local Goodwill in the next couple of months because yeah. they'll be there. Right next to the, like, Super Bowl shirts <laughs> for the, the losing, losing team. teams. I, w- I wish they didn't send those to, like, Africa. I, I've always wanted to buy the losing team merch from uh, any sports championship. Because mm-hmm. it's just go. funny. It's like bizarro world. <laughs> <laughs> woman deliberately runs 49 red lights in ex-boyfriend's car to rack up fines after he left her for another woman, report says. I feel like the, with it, this happened recently. Yeah. No, like, Again. Oh, well, this happened in China. Oh, okay. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, she uh, she got a friend of hers to trick her ex-boyfriend into renting his car out to them. And then she just spent a whole weekend just doing crimes on traffic cameras Yeah. to punish him. But she, she must have forgotten that there's also police on the road who will pull you over Yeah. Uh, if they see you. Uh, driving super fast. No, I'm my ex-boyfriend. Here's my license. Yep, it was me. That's me. Uh, Go to my house. Meet me at my house. And then arrest me. And uh, yeah, I'll be there. I might look a little different. I'm going to take my makeup off when I get home. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered. I do have a Bizarro World item. I remember I have the uh, Madam President yeah. Time issue with Hillary Clinton on the front? Yeah. yeah that's they were I'm, so sure. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that shit. I have like a Time, I think it's Time Magazine, and it says Madam President. Yeah, because like, they have the two magazines just like ready to go for yeah. election day. Yeah. That, yeah. that shit's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next headline. Woman let God take the wheel as test of faith in high-speed Ohio crash, police say. Jesus, take the wheel. She was going 100 miles an hour. She, well, God, she narrowly, like, yeah. God was involved some way, because, like, the, the footage of this, she almost T-boned someone who would have almost certainly been killed. Yeah. She she nicked their bumper, so, like, they didn't get injured, they're just, like, their bumper got torn off. The driver, the woman, her car just spun out crazy, knocked over her electricity pole and, like, smashed into another car, smashed into someone's house. Just, uh... So, technically, caused, God answered the call just a little bit too late. Yeah, God was paying attention and protecting any potential, like, victims of this woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, 
these stories always remind me of my, fa- speaking of wonderful art, my favorite art where it's like Jesus stepping in to save your life, where it's like, it's the guy like shooting heroin yeah. and Jesus has his, <laughs> his Jesus's arm. Jesus' arm. No, <laughs> put it in my arm. <laughs> You're doing this to me. Yeah, that, no, that's, uh, that is like number one on like deranged, uh, <laughs> Like it, it's it's a good painting too. Yeah, it's what it's, I love about it. Very very photorealistic. It's yeah, it's very well done. It's uh, I like that one. I don't know if that's done by John McNaughton. I don't mm-hmm. think it is. But John McNaughton is like, in terms of quantity, he's the goat when it comes to that shit. He's like driving in the like in the rear view. It's Jesus like looking at you. Well, he does more. His stuff's less re- religious and it's more just like very pro-Trump. So oh, it's like you. stuff with like yeah. Trump. Like being surrounded by like a bunch of dead presidents who are all like happy for him or like, uh, yeah, stuff like that. They had to do like give this woman like one of those inspirational things for like the bathroom where it's it's her car with the skid marks and then skid marks with no car. And it's like I looked down and there were two sets of skid marks. (laughs) That's how I knew God came and saved me. That's what I say every time I shit my pants. I looked down and there was two sets of skid marks. Anytime I've ever seen the footsteps uh, plaque. It, in my younger, I never see it in Los Angeles, obviously. No. <laughs> but when I was young, it was always directly in the bathroom or outside of the bathroom. Like what? Just so you remember. Like I, it's probably because they're scared of their kids jerking off in there or something. Like, hey, by the way, Jesus is everywhere. Yeah, he's invisible too. By the he's, way, and when you jerk off, he's jerking off right yeah. alongside you. Look what you made me do. Yeah. Book return to library was three hundred years overdue. The I think this is a outrages. new record. Yeah. Because you hear these like every couple months, like someone returns a book that's. 50 years, 100 years, 300 years. Mm-hmm. The library that this book was taken from no longer exists. It shut down like over 100 years ago. Wow. So so uh, uh, I got away with it. Yeah, they did. Well, it's, someone left it in like a will. And they're like, oh, by the way, uh, this is your responsibility. probably needs to be taken back. Mm-hmm. So they finally did. It was, uh, it was like owned by a church that used to have a religious library. Yeah. So they're like, at this point, they're like, yeah, we're not even mad. It's cool to have this old ass book. <laughs> it's probably survived a lot better than it would have, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Actually, good. Yeah. Woke Coke. Drug dealers marketing ethically sourced cocaine. This is happening in the UK and people are falling for it. I'm sorry, guys. There is literally no such thing as uh, you know, free trade, ethically sourced cocaine. It is, it is a, an, an industry entirely uh, owned and controlled by uh, violent drug cartels. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wish there were, I wish this wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. I wish uh, I wish it was like coffee, although even like the free trade coffee stuff is apparently bullshit. But uh, yeah, it's like just rich assholes in in London being like, uh, so I got this. I paid a little extra. It's like four times as much money. It's like <laughs> I got fucking, a little extra for my conscience. Yeah, like oh, is that uh, is that non ethically sourced cocaine you're you're uh, snorting there? Uh, I, I personally I couldn't do that. I, I know against my morals. This, but this uh, ethically sourced, it, yeah, it's just drug dealers in Britain being fucking geniuses, being, it, it sounds like it's probably higher quality. I guarantee so. you like 90% of those conversations <laughs> go, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but did you hear about what ha- was happening in Vancouver? They were giving out like pure cocaine and meth and heroin like at the police station. Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was a little pop-up or something like that, but uh, yeah, it had like little boxes and it was hmm. pure, which who knows, but... Uh, I think that sounds like a really good way to uh, overdose because most people who do drugs are doing... It's cut, they're yeah. They're doing shit that has been cut uh, a lot. So if they think they're consuming a gram, they're really consuming like half a gram or less. Mm-hmm. If you give them 
The, the <laughs> pure shit. That, well, they, I mean, like they'll die. They will die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they will take way more than their body can handle. Yeah, and they will fucking die. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to look into that one more. <laughs> but it sounds sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Australia renames shark attacks negative encounters to dispel man-eating monster perception. Yeah, I lost my legs in a negative encounter with a shark. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, negative encounter. Yes. It was uh, it was pretty negative, as you can tell by my missing <laughs> legs. <laughs> I was surfing and negatively encountered the shark. I would love if this was like a feminist thing where they're like, why are we gender? Why are we doing this with genders? Can't women can also be eaten by sharks? <laughs> Hello, woman eating shark. <laughs> yeah, person eating. <laughs> yeah, a person eating shark. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is uh But negative, it's like, it's like it reminds me of uh, Hot Fuzz, where it's just like, it was a collision. Because mm-hmm. then the accident implies that there was no one at fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they used to call them shark accidents. Really? Yeah. Mm. Back See, in the day. shark attack doesn't imply that the shark is bad. It's just, or that sharks in general are bad. It's that that one attacked a person. Yeah, this is dumb to me because it's like, it's literally a predator. Y- yeah. <laughs> And it's not the shark's fault. Yeah, I'm not. If I if I got eaten by a shark, I would not curse the shark. I would. It's just like that's shit luck. It's an animal doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone whose uh, view on animals is that they need to be hunted to extinction is going to change based on uh, whether shark attacks are called negative encounters with sharks. Yeah, this is... <laughs> uh, actually, you just experienced a negative encounter, and when you say shark attack, it actually paints sharks just in a bleeding like a... So, Whoa, buddy! <laughs> Could you fix my fucking life? I got attacked by a shark! Uh, actually, whoa! Whoa! Ooh! Uh, hand over your Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, yikes! You That's canceled! A, it's a big yikes! fire up TikTok. <laughs> this... Piece of shit, this white cis male. <laughs> and of course he's white. Of course he's white. Mm-hmm. He says he was attacked. And you're, wait, you're straight, right? Yeah, he's straight. He was attacked with asterisks all over it by yeah. a shark asterisk. <laughs> when actually, and then the comments are just like, yeah. actually it was a negative encounter. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. Woman accused of breaking into dentist's office, extracting 13 teeth from someone. Just for the thrill of it. These two incidents apparently happened at separate times, but it does sound like she broke into it. The headline makes it sound like she broke into the dentist's office during business hours. Yeah. While, and then while the dentist was in the bathroom or something, just went and pulled 13 teeth and then ran away. With so it. how was it separate times? She worked at the office. Okay. So she broke in at night to try stealing a bunch of stuff. And then when they were reviewing that criminal case, they discovered, uh, I don't know how this would have gone unnoticed, but they discovered that one of their patients had had 13 extra teeth taken out it's a lot. And uh, it was apparently this lady who did it. She just liked the thrill of the teeth uh, pulling. They don't know what happened to the teeth. I feel like whoever that happened to probably was like, hey, where did my teeth go? Uh, sir, calm down. You just Whoa. had a negative experience. Whoa. <laughs> that bitch stole my teeth. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. First off, they're called chompers. <laughs> we don't say teeth anymore. Teeth is very aggressive. A lot, also, a lot of people have a lot of phobias related to teeth. They have dreams about them falling out. So we don't like to use the T word around here. Chompers. Yes. And you had a negative encounter with our secretary. Negative encounter with a deranged secretary. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear. Uh, next headline. Woman charged with hate crime for stepping on pro-police back the blue sign in Utah. So fucking dumb. Yes. It's a, a sign. Hate, a hate crime against the police. The police. Yeah. And th- they are apparently a 
protected class in Utah. So they're like, you know, a hate crime can happen based on uh, age, gender, ethnicity, occupation, uh, being occupied as a police officer. It just stands out like a sore thumb. And yeah, I mean, this this girl, she was like 19. And she, yeah, she was acting kind of foolish. She was a passenger in a car that got pulled over. She did not take it well. She saw a like back the blue sign just on the ground and like got out of the car and like stomped on it and was like, "This is what I think Who of you." Who cares? Yeah, and he's just yeah. And this this cop was so uh, he felt so endangered by this uh, this this hate crime against him that this girl is now facing like up to a year in prison. Go for it. fuck like, off. The fuck up. Yeah. If you're if you're such a little baby that uh, the just like the mere idea of people not being completely on the side of the police. Makes you fear for your life. Get a real job. It's like someone leaving a negative comment on our videos and us saying that it's a hate crime. Hate crime, yeah. <laughs> they hate YouTubers. Anything bad that happens to me is a hate crime. <laughs> yeah. Also, I should have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to shoot anyone that I perceive as a threat. And also, literally just saying things to me that I don't like hearing is a hate crime. <laughs> this is a great equation for an entire occupation of people that should exist in this country with impunity. What could go wrong? Oh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to just I wait and see we'll, how this... I, you see the fucking woman in uh, in Koreatown got like shot point blank with a less than lethal round oh, yeah, at yeah, those yeah. Uh, protests this weekend? Like, wasn't doing anything. Literally, not a threat. And the cop just like, just got bored. Let's test this thing out. Just fucking... I mean, it's... she. You know, luckily it was a less than lethal, but she's going to have just this massive bruise. Yeah, and they can also her. do real damage. Like, yeah, and yeah, if it had been like her head, her heart... Any major organ could have broken her leg. Yeah, yeah. those things. Uh, yeah, people get people get killed by them. Well, I gotta commend the restraint from this cop in Utah for not shooting. The girl. Yeah, yeah, good job. Mm-hmm. Anyway, final headline: Bolsonaro may have emergency surgery after hiccups persist for over ten days. What is up with this guy? <laughs> so, I uh, yeah. So apparently, he's, the cl- he's a human version of a clown car. So a lot of his health problems are apparently tied to him being uh, stabbed in the stomach when he was first running for president like five years ago. Okay. So he's had a lot of problems down there. And that's this 10 days of hiccups that he had was caused by a uh, total blockage of his intestines. So they ended up not doing surgery. What they did was they stuck Boo! a... They stuck a hose down his nose, all the way down through his intestines, and sucked the poop out through his nose. Oh, awesome. And so this raises a lot of questions, because a lot of previous times when he's been in the hospital, which is like all the fucking time. He gets bit by emus. Well, he gets I don't know, COVID. And he always posts pictures of himself in the hospital. Like, they're very unflattering. This latest one, he posted a picture of himself where it's like, clearly he has like several pounds of shit just like stuck in his stomach. He looks pregnant. But yeah, in all the previous ones, he always has some tube in his nose, and it's like, wait, were they always sucking shit out of his nose? Maybe. Because you'd think it was like a feeding tube or something, but were they sucking poo-poo Maybe out of it? Maybe he's doing like the Boris Johnson thing, where he's like, if I look like a fucking piece of shit, they'll, you know, they won't judge me this as This man's not a threat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But so. uh, he's he's back, he's, he's back, and uh, yeah, thank you, congratulations, sir, for uh, getting that doo-doo blockage taken care of. You ever seen a president shit out of his nose? <laughs> Well, watch this. Imagine sneezing in the middle of that. Oh, no. Oh, you'd be one of the doctors just all over you. Anyways, that's it for this week's Weekly Weird News. Be sure to check out our most recent episodes. Uh, Netflix, they're going to have a go of it. What's up, gamers? They're going to start doing uh, video game streaming, allegedly, sometime within the next year. Uh, And hey, more gaming news. 
That Valve Steam Deck actually looks pretty badass. It does. So check out both of those videos over there. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Don't leave a negative comment or that's a hate crime. Hate crime. Leave no, a positive comment. No hate crimes down there. I don't want any negative experience. Only love crimes. Uh-huh. Love crimes only. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.